Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. I told first service, this is a little weird for me because all my life I've been sitting where my dad is and all my life he's been standing up here talking. So it's a role reversal this morning. Um, but I want to start by talking about serving. We're going to talk about serving this morning. And the earliest memory I have of serving um, came in, at the time it was called Kids Rock, but it's children's ministry. And um, I had a puppet in my hand and I was able to communicate the gospel by moving the mouth of a puppet and throwing my voice a little bit. And it was fun for me because I was able to creatively uh, express the gospel message in a different kind of way. Um, I had one puppet that was called Dauber, and it was a bird. And it sounded kind of like this. And so we'll talk through a memory verse. We talked through anything in that kind of sound. And I had one that was called Fast Freddy. Uh, he kind of sounded like a chain smoker. I was like, hey, I'm Fast Woody. How you doing this morning? Um, he looked like Cookie Monster, though, so it must have been all the cookies. I don't know if he was Cookie Monster's cousin or something, but, um, but those were some of my earliest memories of serving. And then when I got to middle school, um, in eighth grade, um, Aaron Hoffman taught me how to play the bass guitar. And I was able to serve through music um, from then until now. You guys normally see me playing playing guitar here on a Sunday morning. Um, but him and Jason Kenzie, who was in charge of uh, children's ministry at the time, taught me what it was like to, to serve and to serve with excellence. And so I wanted to publicly thank them. Um, ironically, when I gave this message out of Mission Hill, Aaron was out of the room at the time I said that as well, just like Jason is at the moment. So um, Jason, listen to the recording. Um, uh, but we're going to talk about the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, 14 through 30. And um, for anybody who doesn't know, a parable is simply a story that Jesus was using to explain a spiritual truth. And in this story, the parable of the talents, a talent is a large sum of money. Um, in the New Living Translation, which we're reading out of today, uh, it simply says a uh, bag of silver. So um, we're going to read through in verse 14, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. And the step's quite simple. We've got a man and his three servants. And he gives proportionally to what they can do. And this is important because God doesn't give us a task that we can't do. He doesn't give us more than we can handle. He entrusts us with abilities so that we can do what he's asked us to do. So Jesus goes on telling, and the first servant, um, who has five talents or five bags of silver, goes right to work. He doubles the amount and has ten bags of silver. The second one does likewise and has two bags, and then it turns into four. The last servant, however, is scared. He's worried about his master because his master is, um, as he describes, a hard man. 
and he goes and buries it in the ground um, because he's afraid. Then the master returns, and he says, or the, mas- the first servant gives his ten talents to the master, and then the master replies, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. Let's, or, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the second servant gives him the four talents, and the master replies the same way. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then finally, we have the third servant. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I would have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think there's a couple reasons why we don't serve. I think the first reason is we don't think God's given us any talents. We, we just are over here and saying, hey, I'm sorry, but God, I got nothing. I know you gave me this responsibility, but I've got nothing. Sorry, I don't got anything. <laughs> and that's incorrect. God's given each of us abilities to do what he's asked. We ignore what God believes about us in favor of a half-truth from the perspective that we're at. We look at our lives and we think, oh, I've got nothing. But God's already entrusted us with something, each of us with something. Uh, Paul talks about gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6, part of the chapter that uh, Pastor Steve had already talked about. But in verse 4, it says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of all of them. There are different kinds of service, but we have the same Lord. But we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. I think the second reason why we don't serve is we don't think we're as good as other people. Um, and so in this instance, we, we believe not that we don't have talent, but that our talent isn't as good as somebody else's. And, for instance, this would be like me, who I play guitar, but looking over at Kirbin, who plays piano, and go, man, my because I'm not as good at piano as Kirbin, but God maybe hasn't gifted me in that way to be as good as Kirbin at piano, but maybe I should focus on what God has entrusted me with, that guitar over there. We, we sometimes take, play this game where we're like, those people, they do, they do the real spiritual work. Pastor Steve, he's the real spiritual one. And, and we, I, just, I just help build stuff. I always joke with people, um, one of my professional training is uh, graphic design. 
And I, I, I joke with people and say I draw pictures for a living. Um, but And some people think that's not, you, you would think that maybe that's not as important as somebody else who teaches or somebody else who preaches or somebody else who leads worship or somebody who um, is a doctor or something like that. But when we belittle what God has given us, we're really insulting the creator who's entrusted us with what we have. Uh, in Romans 12, Paul says it this way. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving, serve them well, or serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do so gladly. Now, these, these are all aspects of walking with Jesus and characteristics of people who walk with Jesus. But some of us are gifted specifically in some of these areas. If, say, Valerie is very generous, and I'm not naturally generous, this, this passage of Scripture does not excuse me from having to be generous because God calls us to be generous. But it simply is stating that each of us are given specific things that we excel at and that we should do them with gladness and joy. I think when we look back on the compliments that Jesus, the master, gave to the two servants, they're the exactly the same. God doesn't judge our productivity against other people's um, abilities. And that's important because when we look at that scripture, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with this small amount. Now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And the person who gave or earned four talents was the exact same. They are, they're not compared. It's not the monetary value that matters. It's their faithfulness that matters. Comparison is the enemy of joy. Sometimes we look at other people and see what appears to be like a perfect moment and then compare them to our entire life. I love how Stephen Furtick says this. He says, we're comparing our behind the scenes with everyone else's highlight reel. We're comparing a moment of our lives with everybody else's best moment. And quite honestly, generally when we, when we do this comparison game, we don't compare their best moment against our life, we compare their best moment against our worst moment. It's not an honest comparison. God doesn't call us to compare each other and our abilities. He calls us to be faithful with what he's given us. Um, and, and the last reason, and this is uh, harder, um, is we're just lazy. Uh... <laughs> we don't serve because we're lazy. We don't serve because we think our time is more valuable. We think we're above it. Um, my, we say things like, my time is more valuable than investing in others. My time is too important to pick up that piece of trash. 
And what we're really saying is my time is more important than Jesus' sacrifice. We don't want to be remembered as wicked and lazy servants. We have to cultivate our gifts. If we are given the ability to play the guitar like I am, and I never play an A minor scale, it's boring. Don't get me wrong. Playing an A minor scale, super boring. It's just a finger workout. Nathan's nodding his head right now. Um, <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. Um, if any of you play instruments, you know that playing scales isn't like the funnest thing in the world, but it's what makes you better. And sometimes what we do is we take our spiritual life and say, oh, it didn't fall in my lap. I must not have it. I must not have any responsibility because it didn't fall in my lap. Whereas in every other aspect of our life, we went for it or we practiced or we've We've taken the time to invest in those talents so that we can be great at them. But sometimes in the spiritual aspect, we're like, God, please give me this gift. And God's going, I gave it to you already. Please cultivate it. Work at it. Maybe not everything's going to fall in our lap when it comes to our Christianity. Just like as we know in life, it does not fall in our lap. So why is serving so important? I wrote this like a month ago, so when I wrote it, this next line made sense in my notes. It said, if you're along, uh, last Wednesday we read Luke 22. Well, that was like a month ago now, so um, if you can remember back to that. Um, Jesus outlines what it means to be great in verse 25. It says, Jesus told them, in this world, the kings and great men lord over their people. Yet they are called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are the greatest among you should take the lowest rank. And the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the person who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course. But not here. For I am among you as one who serves. And serving is so important in the kingdom of God. And, and this is why when we look at things like political power, we look at them and go, oh, we want to grab at that. We want to grab at that. But we don't realize that Jesus came to the earth and he served. He served the lowest, the, the fishermen, the tax collectors. Those were the people he invested in. And sometimes we miss that point. How many of you uh, think the Roman Empire still exists? Anybody? Sorry, I didn't mean to. I, it doesn't um, in its current form. I didn't mean to uh, put anybody out there. Sorry. Um, but how many of you believe Christianity still exists? It should be all of you. You're sitting in a church. So <laughs> um, that's what we miss is that Jesus came and changed the world by serving it, by serving everyone, by God coming to the planet and saying, I am not above taking the lowest seat. He came here and showed us a perfect example of how to change the world. And that was through service. 
when we serve, we're allowing other people to see through our eyes. And in turn, we're allowing people to see through Jesus' eyes. Now, I, I said this out of Mission Hill. I only have one Superman reference in my, uh, in my sermon, so here it is. Um, there, <laughs> there's a Superman story called All-Star Superman. And in this comic book, uh, Superman's dying. And his arch enemy, Lex Luthor, is, um, develops this serum so he gets Superman's powers. And in the story... In this final battle, they sh- there's a showdown, and um, in this final moment, Lex Luthor thinks he's beaten Superman. He thinks he's won. He's dragging Superman along the concrete. And in that moment, he pauses for a second, and because he now has Superman's powers, he sees the world as Superman does. And he realizes that if I hadn't been fighting Superman this whole time, I could have changed the world myself. And that's what we do as Christians, is when we open a door for someone, we're changing their view of the world. We're letting them see through our eyes who Jesus is. When we teach in children's church, we change how people see the world. When we go to a service project like raking leaves or fixing somebody's house, we change how people see the world. You know, every time I read this passage, I notice that Jesus doesn't chastise the third servant for his failure. He chastises him for his waste. It's important to remember that God describes wasting what he's given us as wicked and sinful. If we fail, there's inevitably grace for God to pick us back up. But if we waste our lives indulging ourselves, we've missed the point. We have become wicked and lazy servants. On the other hand, though, Jesus seems to set up a formula. And the formula is this, faithfulness. It's it's one word, be faithful. He says, when we're faithful, he'll give us more responsibilities. And I've heard this taught a couple times, and I wanted to kind of dispel this rumor. Some people say that you're one-talent person, and you're a two-talent person, and you're a five-talent person, and that's just who you are, and that's how God made you, and you're never going to be different. But that's not what the Scripture is saying right now. It's saying, hey, if you're a, you've got one talent, you've got one ability, be faithful with it and God will give you more responsibilities. When we look at people and we go, oh, they're just a one talent person, you're saying that, hey, that person might be at the, the start of their journey with Jesus. They might be there at the very beginning and saying, hey, I'm being faithful with the one thing I've got. And sometimes some of us sit in judgment when we've been not being faithful with our two talents for years. So be be faithful with what you've been given. Just as God has called each of those servants to be faithful with what they've been. 
Um, maybe God's entrusted you with a neighbor or a coworker or a friend. But maybe you haven't been faithful in that way. Maybe you haven't been a bad neighbor, but maybe you've been an indifferent neighbor. Um, I'm talking to myself here. I'm the person that drives in the driveway, line it up perfectly with the door, which my wife hates. I line it up perfectly with the door, I open the door, and I walk straight in, and I'm done. This, I'm there for the day, you know? And I, I'm an indifferent neighbor. I'm not a bad neighbor. I, I'm not mean to anybody. I'm just, like, not aware. I'm not involved. And I need to be faithful in every area of my life. I haven't been as good as I need to be. And I would imagine that some of you are in the same boat as me. If I'm greeting people that walk through the front door, but I don't do it with like enthusiasm and love, am I really serving? And our, our, our greeters are great. They do an awesome job. So I picked this area to kind of poke fun at. But if, 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 I, if a new person walked through the door and I'm greeting, and they, they just walk through the door and they're like, man, it's a great day outside. And I'm like, no, it's not. Could have been sunnier. You know, like, and, or, if, or, if, or if they walk through the door and they're like, God's going to do something good today. And I'm sitting at the door and I'm going, well, he didn't last week, so he's not going to do it this week. <laughs> like, am I serving faithfully? No. <laughs> Faithfulness is discipline. Faithfulness is a choice. We choose what we're going to do well. We hear this all the time in student ministry. Well, I don't have time for that. No, you're choosing to not have time for this specific thing. We choose what we're going to be good at. So if anybody says, I don't have time to serve others. No, you're valuing Netflix or you're valuing TV or you're valuing something else more than you're valuing serving. We have areas throughout this church and our community that you can serve. For instance, Maria Burns, who serves faithfully uh, generally three weeks out of the month at the Welcome Center and one week out of the month uh, in children's ministry. She has requested that she'd like to be in service. Um, so we need people to volunteer to be a part of the Welcome Center so that she can join us in service every once in a while. And I don't think that's a out-of-the-realm-of-possibility request. We all want to be serving and be fed into. Mark Holmgren told me uh, a couple weeks ago that, hey, we need more ushers to adequately serve our church. So that's another area where you can serve. And I know Mark's here today, so you could... You could talk to Mark. I know Pastor Jenna still needs some volunteers. We've had a good response, and we've got a few more volunteers um, for our capital kids. But we need a few more volunteers. Um, for instance, Curtis. If you, any of you know Curtis Tuck, um, he's Pastor Jenna's husband. He has served in children's ministry faithfully for the last three years since she was hired at this church. He has been in service under a handful of times. 
he has volunteered and served faithfully. And as an IT worker, I think um, just in conversations with Curtis, he would like to uh, spend a few weeks with adults. Um, I think that's his, uh, well, he would love to do that. So um, if you want to serve in children's ministry, talk to Pastor Jenna. There's an application for that. We need people, the people of our church to serve. And I would challenge each and every one of you to serve on a once-a-month basis. If everyone served once a month, we would have no positions needing to be filled. We would have nothing that's left done without excellence. And it's important that we serve both within and, without, and outside of the church. Because, as you know this catchphrase, there are how many people in the city that need to know Jesus? 90,000. There's 90,000 of them. Remember, God has given each of us different gifts. If you dislike children, don't serve in children's ministry. Maybe you're a better fit for the sound booth or leading an adult small group. If you're shy but you're a hard worker, maybe it's, it's best for you to work with Pastor Darlene on one of our outreach projects, raking leaves or helping fix up somebody's house. Whatever it is, do it to the best of your ability. Remember that God never asks us to do anything that he hasn't given us the capacity to do. We want Topeka First to be a community that serves our church in our city. We don't want to be remembered as wicked and lazy servants.